You're listening to Roots in the Wilderness, and this next episode is about cross-country skiing to the Bryant Creek Shelter in Banff National Park. Welcome back to Roots in the Wilderness, everybody. My name is Kate Hamilton, and I'm very lucky to be joined by Jackie Allen again today. Hello. Jackie's become uh, a regular on my (laughs) podcast, um, which makes sense because she's a regular outdoor adventure partner of mine. (laughs) Yeah. So today we're talking about a cross-country ski trip that we did to the Bryant Creek Shelter in Banff National Park. And it's a a stop on the way to Assiniboine. So uh, in the summertime, people use it as their hiking stop. And in the wintertime, ski tour, people who are ski touring use it on the way to go to Mount Assiniboine. Mm -hmm. And um, we just went there just for a one night quick trip for fun. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah so a couple of things uh getting there um you from calgary you take highway one west then you turn on to highway 40 and then you turn right onto kananaskis lakes trail which is where the winter gates are um on highway 40 turn right there and then pretty soon after that you turn right again onto smith dorian highway follow that for quite a ways and then you'll see signs for um, Engadine Lodge on your left and you take that left and then you follow that to the Mount Shark parking lot and that's where the trailhead is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So before you go though, you have to book the shelter, which Jackie did so kindly. <laughs> yeah. So you, to book the shelter, you're going to go onto the Banff National Park um, reservation system. Um, so you can call in or you can go online Um, I kind of ended up doing a bit of both just to confirm, so I'll simplify it for you here. (laughs) If you go online to the reservation system, you're going to look at, um, under the the booking system, you're going to go under Banff National Park, and then it's under backcountry camping. So I thought that it was maybe under shelters or one of the other tabs, but it's the reservation type is under backcountry camping. You put in like your number of nights, your time, the date you want to go, um, and the amount of people, and then it's going to ask you for your access point. And so this is where it got a little bit tricky, and I ended up calling as well. Apparently, there's a lot of access points um, on when you call in, and they when the staff look it up. Um, but essentially, there's a, just a couple access points. With the most popular one, and the one that we did was from the Mount Shark parking lot. So online it's listed as Bryant Creek Trailhead Mount Shark parking lot. There's also um, Sunshine and Access Point there as well as Healy Creek or something. There's a couple, but the one that we used and um, that's most popular is Bryant Creek Trailhead Mount Shark parking lot. Um, And then the next part of the reservation is it's gonna ask you for a Banff Park Pass. and so because you're crossing a park boundary, you're going from Kananaskis to Banff, um, technically you are supposed to have a Banff Park Pass on you, um, as well as sort of your printout of your reservation for the night. Um, so what it's going to ask you is for your annual pass number. So if you have one of the tags that go in your car, just go grab that and there'll be a like 10 digit number on the back of it. And because we have a family pass, I just entered that for both Kate and I. 
and then um, you're good to go. If you don't enter your annual pass, your BAMP pass, it's going to add an extra charge to your reservation, um, like a daily use, like if you were to drive into BAMP for the day or into a park for the day. Um, so that's just something to look at. If you have a pass, make sure you're entering the number so that you're not charged for something you already pay for. Yeah. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah. Thank you. That was very descriptive. Jackie. So overall, for two of us for one night, it was $45. So it really pretty, pretty cheap adventure. Yeah. yeah. Pretty cheap adventure. Exactly. Um, yeah. So the actual trail is uh, 13.8 kilometers one way. So it's a 27.6 kilometer return trip. And it's most of the trail is fairly easy a lot of it's pretty mm-hmm. easy there are basically two large hills in it right yeah yeah um the first 5.5 kilometers is groomed trails from mount shark and then the 8.3 remaining is ungroomed through the trees all the way to the shelter mm-hmm. so jackie and i went last friday spent the night on friday and uh the temperature outside was like 12 degrees. Yeah, so that was the end of March. Oh, yeah, end of March. End yeah. of March. Um, and so the, the week leading up to us leaving, in the city in Calgary, it was like 15, 16 degrees. No snow anymore. <laughs> so we weren't really sure what we were going to get, but we decided to go on anyway. Yeah. No, um, we just wanted to get out for, yeah. <laughs> for the night. So, so yeah, we braved, we braved the warm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And when we got to Mount Shark, we had a later start to the day, so we weren't on, didn't get on our skis till like two p.m. or something. Yeah. Um, and the trail was a mix of <laughs> either if it was in the sun, it was like super sticky, slushy, like you had to force your skis down the hill. Yeah. Or in the shade, it was ice. Like, pure ice, so quick on your skis. Yeah. <laughs> you, if you were in the tracks, generally, you can whip down a hill pretty well. This was, like, a little bit nerve-wracking to be in the icy tracks. Yeah, because... Speeding away. You'd go speeding away in the icy tracks, and then you'd hit a patch that was, like, slushy and sticky. Yeah. And it would, like, jolt you. Yeah. And, you know, we had our big backpacks on with all our stuff that we needed for mm-hmm. overnight. <laughs> So, uh, I think, did, did you have a bail at all? Did you bail at uh, all? I bailed once on the way back, and it was more just, uh, I think, when we were walking. Oh, we, yeah. I, I just yeah. slipped on ice. No, I didn't have a bail down a hill, no. but when I started to climb a hill, I did drop to a knee because yeah. my skis slid out. There was, yeah. Yeah. It was hard to climb an ice hill. <laughs> yeah. So, on the way there, we spent, we spent most of, a lot of our time on our skis. Yep. We did some walking on giant ice hills and like as soon as the trail, so like I said, the first 5.5 kilometers were groomed so we could sort of stay in the tracks. The tracks were really melted so they were like, um, yeah, they weren't really good tracks anymore. Yeah. Um, And then when we went off the trail, we tried our best to stay on our skis but it just was so bumpy and Mm -hmm. hard because it was ungroomed. that we walked, skied, walked a bit, skied um, the whole way there, yeah. basically. So overall, it took us on the way there, it took us about three and a half hours. So um, I think we anticipated, I don't know about you, I anticipated it being a bit quicker for us. Yeah, me too. Um, but just because of the really spring-like conditions, I think it was a, a bit longer. 
Um, I think most people could probably do it in about three hours, three and a half hours, probably a good estimation. Um, if you're, if you're really not comfortable or if it was, you were really breaking trail and really deep, fresh powder, maybe a bit longer. So just give yourself some time, but we're fortunate too. The days are much longer now in March. So we weren't in a rush. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We just took our time, stopped for lunch, enjoyed yeah. the sunshine. We were so hot. We skied that whole day in t-shirts. Yeah. And we're so hot. Yeah. The whole way. Sweaty, sweaty. <laughs> sweaty, sweaty. Yeah. Um, the trail is really easy to follow. You're not going to get lost. No. There's signs. Um, I could see if you were skiing on a day where um, it was all fresh snow and you didn't, there wasn't anybody before you, then it would be hard to follow mm -hmm. past the ungroomed area. Harder. Um, but that wasn't the case for us. And it's super... Um, it, it's popular, so yeah. people do go a yeah. lot, so not as, not as concerning mm -hmm. um, for that. Um, once we, we got to the shelter, it's, uh, it's so cute, painted mm -hmm. green. <laughs> yeah, you kind of like come out, and there's a bit of a meadow, and then you see it across the meadow, and you're like, ah, finally mm -hmm. there. <laughs> yeah, so alluring. Mm -hmm. um, so this shelter, it has in it... I think it, you can sleep 12, mm -hmm. I believe is what it said. It basically has sleeping um, platforms. You have to bring your sleeping mat and your sleeping bag. Mm -hmm. And it has a wood-burning stove in there for heat. Yeah. And you could heat up some water on top. But generally, you really need to bring everything with you, minus mm -hmm. your tent. You need to bring like your um, pots and cutlery and your... Mm -hmm. um, your stove even, the yeah. stove is strictly for warmth. It's not for cooking on. Um, it's not for warming up any food on. It's really for warmth. And we were fortunate enough that we did use it. We were able to put a pot on top of it and use it to melt snow for water. But we also brought a stove, which um, was definitely needed, especially if you're gonna be boiling your water to filter it or for to make it drinkable. Um, you definitely need to bring your own. That stove should not be depended on for water. No, it, it takes a long time to melt the snow. Yeah. Um, and there is, uh, uh, the creek is there, Bryant Creek. And so you can go down to the creek to get water there too. Um, when we were there, it was frozen over and, um, you had to crawl through deep snow. So we were just, honestly, that was a bit lazy. Yeah. <laughs> we, we could have... Just our could, choice. Yeah, we could have knocked the hole in the creek to get our water from yeah. there instead of boiling water. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, melting snow, but uh, that's what was our choice that day. Yeah. Um, you also have to bring your own toilet paper. Yep. The hut or the shelter does have um, firewood. So you can use that firewood. And of course, common courtesy is you use that firewood and then you replace it. So... When we got there, it was so nice. Um, there was a whole bunch of wood split, lots of small pieces, so we could get the fire going mm -hmm. right away in the wood stove. And then um, we made sure to leave it the same when we left. Yeah. You know, and sweeping out the shelter, just make sure it looks good. Um, I like to leave things cleaner or better taken care of mm -hmm. when I leave than when I got there. Yeah. Same goes for, like, if you get there and some other people have left granola bar wrappers or anything like that, just toss in your bag. It's not going to make or break your weight on your back. Um, it's really the, the courtesy for everyone and for the backcountry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just be respectful. Um, the outhouse... <laughs> the, the outhouse was 
It was very small, very compact. Yeah. <laughs> it's there. It's usable. We did use it. Um, and it is obviously preferable to use the outhouse because um, it's the backcountry. You're not wanting to go to the bathroom everywhere all over. Um, it, it appears in some place, some places that people have been using the outdoors and unfortunately there was some toilet paper on the trees you could see sort of melting under the snow and stuff um but it is there it is usable it is an outhouse though. yeah and if so. you really hate the outhouse and need to go to the bathroom outside put just put the toilet paper in the outhouse yeah. after you leave like it's pretty disgusting having used toilet paper out yeah. and about around the shelter yeah. Um, so. And then the other thing you can do, which I often do, is use, like, I bring um, sanitary wipes, and I just give the outhouse a wipe down. Yeah. Um, which is nice for you and for other people later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just try it's to keep, nice it a, yeah, keep it a little better uh, than uh, it would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we just spent the night. We cooked basically after we got there. We, oh, there was nobody at the shelter, actually. Yeah. Say. We were the only ones there that night, which mm -hmm. we were surprised about. Yeah, it um, was a Friday night. And like we said, the trip this trip's a little bit longer than maybe some other approaches and so, or other places you could go. So it wasn't really a trip you could pull off after working a full day, especially because the drive from Calgary there is a little bit longer as well. Unless you want to do it in the dark. Yeah, unless you want to do it yeah. in the dark. Yeah. So... And so it was a Friday day we were going and then we, we were lucky enough, yeah, that that night we arrived and no one was there. Yeah. So we got to uh, bring on our old lady. And yeah. so Jackie and I, we ate dinner. We got the huts uh, all nice and warm. And as soon as the sun went down, so did we. <laughs> nice early bedtime. Actually, I love that about backcountry stuff is I, it's a good excuse for me to just yeah. go to bed. <laughs> yeah. So nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, and in the morning, so we had had a good... Uh, we slept... I had an okay sleep, I guess I should say. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. The, the the platform that I was sleeping on, there was no discreet way of getting up in the night for the for the stove or to go to the washroom or anything. It was like, if I moved to get out, Kate was definitely waking up. Yeah. It was pretty loud and creaky, but... Um, that's just part of the experience. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, we did find that the stove throughout the night, um, would burn down the wood pretty quickly. And so I was thinking about after, maybe should have fiddled with the vent a little bit more. If you leave, yeah. let less oxygen into the stove overnight or as time goes, it's going to burn the wood a little bit slower. Um, or just know that as people get up, um, or maybe wake up or get up to use the washroom in the night to check out the stove. I mean, there was only two of us. I'm sure if there was more people would have more people would have been on it. But we did find after a few hours the stove is not that big, so the wood would kind of burn down. It would get a bit chillier. Um, and because there was only two of us, it it wasn't full of body heat yeah. <laughs> in the hut. So yeah, but it, it was overall it was it was a very normal good backcountry night to sleep. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, and then the morning, basically, we just, you know, had coffee and breakfast mm -hmm. and cleaned up the the shelter, chopped some wood, and um, we're leaving on our way. However, I, in the morning, went to pack up my bag and thought, I looked down at my bag and thought, 
I just glanced at it. It looked like it was kind of covered in ashes. I didn't even think about it really until it went went time to pick pack my bag. Went to pick it up and I thought, well, that actually looks like quite a nice little nest. So uh, a mouse nest in my backpack. So I took my backpack outside and sure enough, it started to move a little bit. Um, opened it up and a little mouse looking at me from in my backpack. It ran away and then to my surprise, a second mouse followed the first mouse out. Uh-huh. And then Jackie looking at the bag thing said, I think there's one more mouse in there. And there was there, three mice had moved into my backpack overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, lucky for me, they didn't wreck anything in my backpack. They just brought their own stuff into my backpack to make their nest. <laughs> yeah. So very fortunate. Another thing, I guess, then you can get into sort of etiquette with um, your food. Like, so just making sure there's tons of hooks on the wall also. So uh, we could have hung our backpacks on a hook that maybe would have pre- prevented that if you had food in your bag especially um because a mouse can just destroy a hole in your bag (laughs) in a couple (laughs) nights basically so yeah hang your bag overnight if you can or put it up on a bench and then i was just thinking like your we had food on the tables and everything so they could have done that so just again just making sure that when you go to bed for the night especially if the hut was full it would be pretty packed in there so making sure you sort of contain your things wipe up the area get rid of any major crumbs um as you go as you cook and as you go to bed and then it just makes everything much cleaner and easier in yeah the morning too well i'm with any backcountry camping like just don't keep back don't keep food in your backpack no that's how it gets ruined so um i was happy that i didn't have any food they just yeah. saw it as a nice little a nice little place for a home yeah, just a sleeping bag. <laughs> yeah a little sleeping bag mm-hmm. um yeah uh, I actually didn't see, you did, but I didn't see any mouse droppings or anything aside from them living in my backpack. Yeah. I didn't see any signs of them otherwise. Yeah, we didn't, even the night before we had said like, oh, it's pretty, it's pretty clean. Doesn't seem like there's mice. There are some traps around. They're not, they're pretty old. They're not regularly set, obviously. I thought after we saw the mice, like perhaps I saw some droppings. Ah, it's unclear. Who knows? Yeah. There, there probably was. There maybe yeah. wasn't. Who knows? Sometimes it's ignorance is bliss. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, then we packed up and then we started our our trip home. Our The way home was a little more exciting than the way yeah. there for a few reasons. But one was on the way there, we left in the afternoon. So everything was a bit softer, at least in the sun. Mm-hmm. In the morning, 100% of everything was rock solid. Ice. Ice. So hard. Skiing was way slower than walking. Yes. So on the way home, we probably hiked within our cross-country ski boots, carrying our skis, um, like at least eight and a half kilometers. Yeah. Like we had rather than skied. On the way there, we were so optimistic. We would put on our skis if it was nice. We would take them off and walk for a bit, but then we'd throw them back on as much as possible. On the way back, it was kind of like... Screw it. It's <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be so annoying. to it, it gets tiring putting on and off your skis. And like it was just at points, probably some people could ski it. Too dangerous for me. I'm fall. Yeah. And it was beautiful hiking anyway. Yeah. Ski boots were fine. They weren't obviously ideal hiking boots. No, and because it was so icy, it was 
tedious even on yeah. type, uh, walking. So it was kind of constant stabilizing, yeah. constant catching yourself from doing the splits. But both of us um, kind of right away just rigged up our our skis and our backpacks or in like the straps of our packs on our back and then used our poles to stabilize and just hiked her out. <laughs> yeah, which was which worked fine. Yeah, it was fine. I yeah. think ideally in normal conditions, this spring sort of heat wave just blew in really quickly that week. In normal conditions, it would be fine. Totally It would fine. be great. Yeah. It yeah, would be really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think out of the, the whole, I'm not sure, is there any part that you, if the conditions were good, you would have walked? Or do you think you could have skied the whole thing? I think I could ski the whole thing. Um, like, obviously, so there's sort of, on the way in, um, as you get to the park boundary, there's quite a long downhill. I think if the snow was normal, even average snow, it's easily, it would be a long snow plow, but you could do it yeah. easily. Um, yeah. If you could, uh, or and then there's sort of on, when you're close to the hut approach, it's, there's a long uphill you could pull them off just for that, um, but that would just be a short walk anyway. So yeah, I would probably rate the trail as moderate, just based on the fact that there's some quite a bit of easy parts on the trail. Yeah. There's a couple difficult parts on the trail, yeah. and then yeah, generally pretty moderate. But yeah, I think um, if the conditions were fine, I would be would have been comfortable skiing a good amount of it. Oh anyways. yeah, for sure. Um, maybe when it got, the trees got a little bit more dense on some downhills, I might've decided to take it off just cause I'm yeah. be a big baby. <laughs> yeah, that is true. The trails were a bit narrow, which is beautiful and scenic. But if you're someone who really, really wants to snow plow <laughs> to go nice and slowly, some of the areas were a bit narrow, um, yeah. to get that angle on your skis. Yeah. So, um, there might be places that you're taking off your skis or, or um, yeah, adjusting that way. But generally, if especially if there was powder, it would be more controlled skiing anyway. So yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, on the way back, we saw a bald eagle, nice and close. Yeah. Yeah, and then we started noticing the increase of moose tracks. Yeah. And there were some on the way there that we saw, but this time there was like all of a sudden there was a ton. There's and more like, and more and more. And, more, more. and right as we were talking about the moose tracks, I started telling Jackie about uh, one day I was out hiking and with a group of clients and my coworker, he, and he was like, looks down at this track and asked me, he's like, Kate, what do you think? Do you think this is a moose track? And I looked down at the track and then looked up and said to him, yeah, I think it's a moose track, but especially since you've just looked slightly to your left, five feet, there's a moose standing right there. And as I was telling her the story, actually for the second time, I think, I've told you this story, okay. I'm on repeat for my stories. Um, we looked up and there was uh, a big moose straight ahead on the trail. Yeah. And then... Uh, and we were literally just saying like, it's so icy, we're so loud while we're walking, everything's going to run away from us because yeah. our poles and our boots and everything... And then we went, oh, there it is. It's yeah. right in front of us. Um, so it was quite a ways down, so that was nice to notice it there. Um, but it wasn't moving. It wasn't moving. He, he didn't want to go anywhere. <laughs> no. And so we were just being extra loud, moving a little bit closer, and then noticed there was a second one. So there was two, which makes sense for all the tracks that yeah. there was. Um, 
probably a, the second one was a juvenile. Yeah. Not very too small, but also not, definitely not an adult. No. Um, yeah, and they didn't want to go anywhere for the longest time, so mm-hmm. we just tried to talk, and we moved a tiny bit closer. We did take out our bear spray, both of us case. with spring skiing, obviously, um, for bears as well as other things. You should carry bear spray. Um, so we both did have bear spray and we both did take it out just cause we were saying like it with our backpacks and our skis and the snow and everything, like we're not going anywhere. We're, we're, yeah. we're not able to move quickly. Um, and so we did take out the bear spray as a precaution, um, yeah. and then continued sort of yelling and, and making extra noise, seeing if they would take a few steps away and for a long time they didn't yeah we <laughs> they did not care <laughs> we um, were at a standoff at their mercy <laughs> yeah. but eventually they started well they started walking down the trail first yeah and then they eventually went off trail um and let us pass and they just kind of like watched us go by yeah and then went a little further into the woods but it was really cool i Moose are actually the animal I'm most afraid of when I'm in the wilderness. <laughs> okay. Did I tell you that? No. Yeah, because they can be aggressive for no reason. Well, yeah. You know? And because, like, they're, they're so, so big. They're so big. And, like, the snow is not going to stop them. It's, they're not going to post hole and de slow down. No. So, yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're the, the one I'm most scared of. But they are beautiful, and it's yeah. nice to see them from a safe um, distance and when they're not aggressive. Also, like, not being surprised by them. Yeah. Is the is the really the big thing cuz I yeah. can prepare myself when when I see them coming. But. Yeah, the trail was nice. It was very narrow there like in the trees, but it was nice and a long way away we could see them down the trail. And honestly, I think they could see us. They just did not care. <laughs> no. And we're like, "Ah, we're eating here." It was probably like 11 o'clock in the morning, 10:30 in the morning. Yeah. And, uh, but in the end it was like, wow, that was a really cool and special experience to be that close and have that sort of positive, um, experience seeing the wildlife, right? Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, then, uh, just not too long after that we made, we were back onto the groomed trail. Yep. Um, I, which again was like, it melted from before. So yeah. we were like groomed, but like a sheet of ice. And right yeah. as you got back to the groomed area, there's that's where the really long, big hill was. So, again, we just walked up that. You yeah. Couldn't, you couldn't go herringbone up that. It's too slippery. Mm-hmm. Um, Even in good conditions, I was saying, like, to herringbone up that hill that with a backpack, long. like, it was just, like, long. It wasn't insanely steep, but it is very long on the way back. You don't realize, really. And then, uh, so good on you if you can I mean just take it slow and do as much maybe take off your boots if you need to but yeah it it uh it it's a long hill yeah and then after you get up a long hill though most of the rest of us kind of downhill yeah generally downhill yeah yeah and so we went back to that by that time it was warmed up a little bit in that Mm -hmm. area because it's the groomed area is wider so more sun gets in Mm -hmm. so we were back to the like jolty start like slip stop slip stop which was funny and scary yeah <laughs> perfect yeah Larry's you never knew yeah. if you were gonna stay on your skis or not yeah you got good at getting in and out of the tracks as needed yeah well uh, I found because they were shallower tracks yeah my skis were like trying to slip yeah. out yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of getting like a speed wobble side to side for yeah. a bit 
Yeah, it's but... terrifying. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, gets your adrenaline going yeah. a little bit. Yeah, and then uh, we did, uh, we passed a group that was going out there for the next night, a group yep. of seven, and something interesting they said to me was that they had tried to go Friday night, and they said it was all booked. Yeah. Which was weird, because we were the only two people there, so... I'm not sure about that. It worked in our favor. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, my point being, it might if if it says it's booked, um, it might be worth calling last minute. Yeah, to see. I think that people probably um, book it pretty far in advance, especially for Saturday nights, Friday and Saturday nights. And then I don't know what the the cancellation cutoff is. It's probably like 24 or 48 hours. So I would just give them a call. I thought it was going to be a long time, I mean, calling a government phone, call, and I was going to sit on hold a lot and stuff. It was really quick calling them, actually, and really easy. They knew exactly where I was asking about, um, and so, yeah, I would give them a call if you are gung-ho on going, but it's booked. Just give it a try anyway. Yeah. Also, something to point out is there's no avalanche risk here. Yeah. So that's another reason why we chose to go. Um, mm-hmm. because we know we, we could. Yeah. We and that could. was with the thaw cycle in when the warm air kind of blows in in the spring, that was a big concern. And actually like two days before we were going, because we held a backcountry permit or a backcountry reservation, I did get emails from Parks Canada saying avalanche risk is extremely high and make sure you know where you're going in river. And so... I did put out some extra feelers there to some friends of mine um, that uh, are in the backcountry all the time and well-versed in that area and everything just to double check um, because there was some areas you really couldn't find a ton of information on the approach and so I, we just wanted to be extra cautious um, with the winter risk, right? Mm-hmm. And so threw it out there and people were like, no, 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 you're good to go. And once we did it, it was like, okay, yeah. We can definitely say there is not avalanche risk. And that's probably why also there weren't many people there because it's usually a stopover for backcountry skiers into Assiniboine, which is not safe right now. So they could have been a whole bunch of people registered for that and then decided they didn't want to go. Mm -hmm. But uh, to our opinion, personally, honestly, that was a great trip for me for one night. Um, It was lots of fun. It's really beautiful. Um, some people said it's not their favorite, a little bit boring, yeah. but honestly, I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I do think the same. I think it was great. I would go back. Um, I would ski it again. I think it would be a totally different trip in really good conditions. Yeah. So yeah, I would try it again. It's also very cheap yeah. <laughs> to do. Like yeah. it's, it's a cheap experience. Cheap. <laughs> um, and you know, you're going to have a warm place to sleep. So that's always nice. Um, but I do think in the summer, I don't know if your opinion would change. Would you hike to Bryant Creek in the summer? Um, so I want to do that circuit backpacking through Assiniboine. Right. I wouldn't go, I wouldn't hike only to Bryant Creek in the summer. Right. From Mount Shark. Yeah. I would do the whole circle and I preferably would ride my bike as long as I'm allowed. So there, you're allowed to take ride your bike for a certain part of the trail and then yeah. it stops. Um, I'd just like to cut off that whatever it is, seven kilometers of backpacking on a road. Because yeah. that's what it would be in the summer. Yeah, so in the winter, it's just kind of like a nice double-tracked um, ski path. To but start. When, to start from Mount Shark. Um, 
But then when you get thinking about it for the summer, you're like, oh, this would just be a gravel road in the trees. I don't know. If, I've never done it. Maybe it's great. Yeah. Um, but something to think about, yeah, because that then maybe because the avalanche risk is not there in the summer, maybe it's somewhere to think about the other access points, the yeah, other true. approaches. So. However, it's not steep or hard, so it wouldn't no. take long to hike in the summer. Either, yeah. So, so that's, yeah, pros and yeah, cons, I guess. Pros and cons. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyways, all around, great one night trip. Yeah. I had a great time, even though we hiked a lot of it. It was fun, and uh, I'm really glad that we did it. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, well, and thank you again, Jackie, <laughs> for coming on. Probably not your last time oh, no. <laughs> uh, coming on. Uh, Jackie's great because she does. The, I get her to come and do these trips with me, and she's really chatty, <laughs> <laughs> which is nice for trips and for podcasting. Perfect. Yeah. So. Uh, Thank you very much. And uh, one thing I want to say before the end of the podcast here is uh, today is March 30th. Next weekend, we're having a fundraising event for the Greater Bragg Creek Trails Association. So if you're in Calgary, it's going to be at Banded Peak Brewery in Calgary. And it's a free event to attend. Live band, silent auction, 50-50 draw. Bring your friends, come have a beer, Banded Peak. Peak Brewery is going to donate a dollar for every beer sold. So if you hear this podcast in time for, for sure. that, um, stop on by. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah, will <laughs> be there. I'll be there. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. My name is Kate Hamilton, and this is Roots in the Wilderness. Mm -hmm.